Welcome to the Word of Faith Sermon Podcast with Pastor Hagen Lister. Join in with us today, ready to grow in your knowledge of the Bible with practical application for your everyday life. If you're interested in following or learning more, join us on our Facebook page at WOFTX or check out our website at WOFTX.com for location and service times. Now here's Pastor Hagen with today's message. I sure am glad that you're here. Everybody getting ready, and I, I guess all the, um, all the Christmas festivities have taken off now. It's just hold on for dear life until after the first, right? Hallelujah. You know, we ought to all make a, um, we ought to all make a, a decision right here and now that um, we're going to make sure we keep the right things in focus this holiday season, amen, this Christmas season. You say, what's the, what's the right things in focus? Well, um, the right thing would be to make sure that um, Jesus is magnified more and glorified more in our lives and, and, and spent more time with than, than, than normal. Uh, and then also, uh, I think that we ought to make sure that we don't allow what we are doing for our family get in the way of actually being with our family. Amen? Because a lot of times doing for our family can get in the way of what we're, uh, we're actually we're wanting to, to, to love them and to sh- show them love and, and spend more time. And so um, let's just make a, a, a declaration in our hearts right now that uh, we're going to make sure that we don't, uh, we don't negate this time of year, uh, but that we capitalize on this time of year and, uh, and spend time with our loved ones and, and, uh, and, and bless people and, and love on people and and share the love of Christ. Amen? Uh, Wednesday night, I started uh, talking about uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and um, so kind of out of that studying uh, this morning, I wanted to talk about the helper, and uh, which is the Holy Spirit, uh, but really kind of more of that role in his life, and so uh, if you want to, you can go ahead and and turn over to John, the 13th chapter, uh, and and we'll be there here in a minute. Uh, But how many of you... um, have ever needed help, but you were a little bit too prideful to ask and you thought probably nobody would come and help you anyway. Anybody ever been a little bit too prideful to ask? Come on, guys, lift up your hand. Like, come on, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you, you know, and, and, and I, think it's, I think it's a little bit worse in the South, uh, you know, us Southern people. Uh, we don't like asking for help, right? Uh, and, and we can do everything we need to do on our own, and, and we're independent, and, and, and we kind of like it that way. That's why all of us have lower back problems, right? Because nobody will ask for any help. And if you do ask for help, a lot of times you think, well, by the time I tell them what to do and then they mess it up, I could have already done it, right? That's kind of sometimes the, the mentality. Uh, but no, nobody likes to, to feel dependent on anybody or anything, um, you know, because we, we want to prove that, that we can do it ourselves. I, and I, I think that uh, probably is, uh, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a good characteristic because, you know, we don't just sit around, but if, if, if we feel like there's something in our heart, uh, we can, we'll go get it done, right? And, uh, and I feel like uh, that's, that's how, you know, in, in, in some respect, that's kind of how we should be. And, and I was talking to uh, Pastor Jeff uh, from down in, at, uh, in Leon, Mexico, and we were kind of talking about that because I was talking about a lot of times when you get around certain missionaries, 
um, you know, uh, over, over the time that I've, I've been in the ministry, a lot of times, uh, you know, missionaries will just kind of see you or your church as kind of a, a meal ticket and they, they kind of, um, you know, uh, tell the sad story. I'm talking about all of them, but I, there's been a lot of them that I've, that I've been around. You know, they want to they wanna show you the starving children and, and all that stuff and, and then they, they, you know, want you to write a check and, and all those things. And, and I'm not saying that that's all bad, but what I told him I liked about him I said, I never feel like you're, you're uh, you know, in this for any other reason uh, but just to preach the gospel. And whoever comes along and helps, you're, you're, you're grateful for. But I also get the feeling that if nobody helped you, if nobody came and helped you, you would still do what God's called you to do. And he said, well, that's exactly right. And I said, I like that. I recognize that because I feel like I have a lot of the same characteristics of that. And I feel like our church has that same characteristics. Like God has called us to do something. God's called you to do something, me to do something. And I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for any of the help. But if nobody helped me, I'm gonna go out and do it, amen? amen. And, uh, and so that's not a bad uh, trait to have, uh, except for when it comes from uh, getting help from the Lord, Amen. How many of you have ever found yourself in a mess because you didn't want to ask for help? Anybody ever just made a bad situation worse and all you had to do was probably back up and ask for some help? I know I've done it a hundred times and I, um, I remember one particular time and, and Jackson will remember this very well. Um, we, were, <laughs> we were at the lake and, and, uh, and I hate fishing in the wind. I just hate it. And I know it's supposed to be good for fishing, but it is bad for um, my attitude. I just don't like it. You, you can't stay still. And, and so anyway, I had this boat, and, um, and I, 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 I got out, and I, we were in like a little shallow canal, and so a lot of times we had to push out and then put the trolling motor down. And, and for whatever reason, the trolling motor didn't want to work, and I got stuck on a cypress knee. And, and I'm trying to rock this thing back and forth off the cypress knee. It's cold, and I don't want to jump in the water and push this boat off or, or anything like that. So I just keep, well, I decide I'm going to fire up the, uh, the, the outboard, and, and you know I'm just going to wiggle it off there. Well, it just got worse, and the wind is just blowing us more and more. And I just got frustrated, and I mean, I just hammered on it. And when I did, I exploded the whole lower unit. And so then I'm really mad. And so I jump over in the water, and I push the thing off the knee, and then I, I trolled all the way over to the... Uh, around to the, uh, uh, you know, the, the ramp, and I got the truck backed in or whatever, and, and the wind's just blowing me here and there, and I can't remember all of what happened, but I just remember the look on Jackson's face because he knew, like, now is the time to do everything perfect. You know, Dad, you know what I'm talking about? Right now is not a time for you to make any remarks or do anything wrong. And so I said, listen, because the wind is just pushing us. And I said, listen, I'm going to shove this boat as hard as I can out there. And I want you to take that rope and I want you to pull it back over to, you know, to the, to the trailer. And so right, I, I had my head down and I went to shove. And right when I picked up my head and I shoved, I saw that there was a, a big metal pole right there. And I shoved the trolling motor right into that pole and just busted the head right off the trolling motor. Well, he automatically thinks, that was my fault. And he's like, Daddy, Daddy. I'm like, it wasn't you. It was me, you know. But what was the problem there? The problem was a lot of different things, but mostly I could have just stopped right there, pulled it right back up on the bank, and just been done, and I would have saved myself. I, I broke both motors that day within 15 minutes. And I remember in a, in a moment of immaturity screaming, 
not using the words in the, in, obviously, but like Lieutenant Dan, I hate the wind. <laughs> I mean, like I was, I was so fed up with it. But why you tell that story? I don't know. It was just funny. It came to mind. And it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. But I could have used some help right then, but I wasn't going to go get any help. There was, there was tons of guys up there at where we had our camper and stuff that would have came down there and helped or whatever. And our, we could have just did, did something later. But no, not me. I'm just going to keep on going until uh, we, either, we either get victory or we break it real good. And I just broke it really good that day. Amen? I know some of you guys can probably um, identify, right? So, but thank God for help when it comes to our individual lives and, and, and our life as a church. Thank God for help. God is in the helping business. He knows you can't do it alone and he doesn't expect you to do it alone. Let me say that again. He knows that you can't do it alone and he doesn't expect you to do it alone. Here's a lot of the way that we're raised, especially guys, I think, in the South and, and ladies in the South, a lot of the ways that we're raised is that we want to prove to our dads or our grandpas or the older guy, or maybe an older brother or an uncle or something like that, that we can go out and do it, right? And so that drives us, and I think it even drives us when, when we get into our, our spiritual life that we want to somehow prove to God that we can do this with, you know, we, we got this, God, we can do that. And that's such a, a horrible mindset to have when we get into the kingdom of God because God understands and knows that you cannot do it by yourself. Amen? He does not expect you to do it by yourself, and he doesn't want you to do it by yourself. As a matter of fact, it has the opposite effect. You know, when, when we're able to kind of get something done on our own and, 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 and the, in the world or whatever, then, and then we have people look up to us, man, look at that guy. Look what he did, did all by himself. I mean, he doesn't have a back left, and, and you know, and, and, and he, uh, he's mad at the world right now, but he, he did it. He did it all by himself, right? And we kind of give that some kind of pride or whatever, but in the kingdom of God, actually, it has the same effect. It's pride, but pride comes before what? A fall. So when we act like we can do things without God, and we wouldn't say that out loud. Nobody in here, if I'd have lined you up before this service and said, do you think you can do anything without God? Oh, no, I can't. We would not say that with our mouth, but really in our heart, we always approach things by ourselves instead of approaching things, understanding that we have a helper. Amen? It just happened this morning. It just happened this morning. Ricky couldn't get his headphones, everything, not that, not that it was his fault, everything was coming through his ears except for my voice. I guess the Lord did not want him hearing me this morning, I don't know. And I went back there and he fiddled with it and I fiddled with it and we just kept, I was like, I don't know, man, I, I don't know what we're going to do. And then finally, uh, after a whole practice, I said, hey, why don't you unplug it and plug it back in? And then it worked. It worked, just unplugging it and plugging it back in. And I said, you know, in that a lot like our life, a lot of times we will go through all kinds of stuff. And when we have tried everything we know how to try, then we'll go, I guess I need to ask God. I guess I need to pray. Why is prayer always the last thing? Why is always asking God for help the last thing? Well, I think it's just our, our human nature to try to do it by, to prove something that we can do it by ourselves. So you have to constantly remind yourself when it comes to following the plan of God for my life, when it comes to walking in love towards people, when it comes to living for the kingdom of God, I just need to go ahead and settle it that I need to humble myself and say, I can't do it. I, in and of myself, cannot do it. That's why I need a helper. Amen? 
Genesis uh, 2.18 says, as he watched Adam, his creation, this is what God said as he watched Adam. It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. And then he said this, I will make him a helpmate. I will make him a helpmate. Of course, we understand we, to know that as, as woman or as Eve, and, and God did that because he said men don't need to be alone. They need a helpmate, and he created Eve for Adam, and we're so thankful for our helpmates. But God doesn't want you to do anything alone. He doesn't want you to uh, work alone. He doesn't want you. Now, I understand when you're, um, you know, when you're a widow or a widower or something like that. Now, that's, that's not really what I'm saying, but when I say work alone, live alone, serve him alone, it means that, that you're all by yourself. You're, you're never, if the, if the Lord lives on the inside of you via the Holy Spirit, you are never, ever, ever alone. Amen? And he, he wants to be right there with you all the time. He created you to be connected to a system of help. And that system of help is his word and his spirit. Amen? He created you and his church. So Psalm 121, 1 through 2 says this, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You know, there's been a lot of times in my life where I didn't know what to do. And I, I was like, I don't, I don't know how to navigate this situation. It seems like everything that I do is just making it worse and worse. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit will say this scripture, but just kind of in a different way. Just, hey, look up. Stop looking on the inside of you for an answer. Stop looking in, in your own mind for an answer. Stop looking in your feelings for an answer and begin to look to the Lord because that is where your help comes from. Amen? We have to understand that. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I am the Lord your God who see, uh, who see also uh, takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. He says he sees you. And he says, listen, don't be afraid. I'm here. I'm here to help you. Amen? Um, so are you, in, uh, are you in John, the 13th chapter? Go to verse uh, 36. I'll read 36 through 38. And then we're going to read um, chapter 14, 1 through 26. Chapter 13, verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall crow till, uh, till you have denied me three times. So Jesus is preparing them for him leaving the earth as far as him in uh, his natural human body. He's leaving, and he's preparing them uh, for the transition between uh, God the Son being here on the earth, ministering in bodily, bodily form, into him leaving and the Holy Spirit coming and le living on the inside of believers. And so he's talking to them, and Peter says, hey, why can't I go? He says, I will, basically, I'll sacrifice my life if that's what it means to go wherever you're going. And Jesus kind of, knowing, knowing the future, he just kind of chuckles because it's kind of ironic, Peter, because um, not only would you not do that, 
right now in the mindset that you have right now, not only would you not do that, but you're actually gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows. Chapter 14, verse one. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you will also be. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse seven, it says, if you had known me, you would have known my, my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have you been with me so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? So he's taking questions. So he's preparing them. Peter says, listen, I, I'll go wherever you go, even if it means that I've got to sacrifice myself. And Jesus said, well, no, you're not, you wouldn't do that. Matter of fact, you're not only not going to do that, you're going to deny me. And then, and then Thomas is saying, well, how, how can we know the way if we've never been there? And Jesus is like, well, I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life. And then Philip's going, well, show us the Father, and then we'll believe you. And, and he's like, Philip, have you not, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How could you not be putting all this together? Jesus is like, how, how, how have y'all not put all this together by now? Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father in me, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. He says, either believe what I'm saying because of it's me and I'm telling you this, or if you don't believe that, believe what I'm saying because of the works that you've seen me do. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you how long? How long? Is he ever going to leave? No, forever. Let's read that again. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And then he begins to tell them who this helper is. Verse 17, he's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, meaning he's right here right now with me and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Probably one of my favorite series of scriptures. But right here, if you go back to Peter, I think Peter, much like us sometimes, I think Peter really thought that, that he was the one helping Jesus. Think about that. Think Peter really thought, oh, I'm the one helping you. 
Of course, Jesus says, you're actually gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows. And I think what Jesus is saying here is, is stop trying to help me out and just start cooperating with the helper. Let me say that again. Because I think a lot of times this is what separates people from actually doing what God's called them to do and people who just do good things in the name of Jesus. You know, there's a difference in the Bible. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, if you owned a business and you asked an employee to do a certain thing, like I want you right here flipping hamburger patties. And you walk, walk away and you come back and everything's in an uproar because all the orders are backed up because there's no hamburger patties. And you go to try to figure out why there's no hamburger patties and when you get back to the back, the guy that you told was the hamburger flipper is not back there flipping hamburger patties, but he's back in the stock room organizing the stock room. And you go, hey man, why aren't you flipping hamburger patties? I'm just back here trying to help you out. I just thought you'd like that I was organizing this right here. Well, that's not what I asked you to do. See, when we put things into real life situations, then we can take them back over into the kingdom of God and we can say, there's a lot of people in the kingdom of God who are not doing what God's asked them to do. They're doing what they want to do and then asking God to be proud of them. It hurts, but it's good. Why? Because I don't want to be found doing something that he has not asked me to do because I didn't really want to submit to the thing he needed me to do. Amen? So I'll say it again the way the Lord showed me. Stop trying to help Jesus out and just start cooperating with the helper. If we cooperate with the helper, the Holy Spirit, then we're gonna find ourselves being more efficient, more fruitful, happier. I'm not saying everything's gonna work out for you. I'm talking about like in a natural sense, you're gonna, you're gonna have trials. I mean, if, if the disciples and the apostles and all, all the men and women of God in the Bible had problems, you're gonna have problems. I'm not saying that you're not gonna have problems, but what I am gonna say is the problem that you're not gonna have is the one where when you get to heaven, the Lord says, well done, now good and faithful servant. That's the only problem I don't wanna have, right? I want to make sure that what I'm doing is actually what he wants me to do. He said, man, this is putting a lot of pressure on me to, to what? To really get with God and really figure out what God would want you to do or would have for you to do. It's really not all that complicated. I don't really even think that a lot of people would necessarily notice that, that you changed your life a lot. A lot of times it's just a shift in your heart from just doing whatever to saying, God, I want to hear your voice. And I want to know that I know that I'm in the right place doing the right thing. Amen? Is this okay? And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. There are two words 
um, in the Greek that got translated another. There are two words. So when, when they translated the, the Bible from the Greek and they, they, they translated these two different words to another, and uh, one another means exactly opposite and different, and then the other one means exactly the same in all forms and fashions. So when Jesus said, I'm sending another helper, do you think that he, he was meaning the one another where it was the exact opposite of him or the one that was exactly the same? I believe it's the one that's exactly the same. And a lot of times I think we treat the Holy Spirit like the kid brother of, of, of heaven. Like he's just the, the, the third wheel of heaven or whatever, and he's not. He is exactly like Jesus. Amen? He's exactly like Jesus. So a lot of times I like to make sure that, that I'm not just mentally assenting to the Holy Spirit in my life. I wanna make sure that, that I understand that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me and that is just like, and I know we say Jesus lives on the inside of us, but he lives on the inside of us via the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit talks to you, you almost have to see yourself as Jesus himself in bodily form was standing right here and talking to you. How many of your life will be changed forever if the, the biblical Jesus, the form that we get at Hollywood with the long hair and the long beard and the robe and, and, the, and, the, and all the stuff with the kind eyes, you know what I mean? If he walked up to you and told you to do something, what would you do? Yes, sir, absolutely. How high do you need me to jump, sir? But so many Christians ignore the Holy Spirit in their heart every single day. They say, I know I shouldn't, but... I know I don't need to say this, but. I know I don't need to be with these people, but. But what? That's the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus on the inside of you talking to you. Yes. I, I know I don't need to be hateful right here, but. But what? What if Jesus was standing right there and going, hey, you don't need to be hateful in this situation? Yes, sir. Absolutely. What if Jesus was standing right before you in bodily form and he says, hey, you know, um, if you can't forgive them, I, I can't forgive you. I'm going to get to forgiving. Come on. I'm not saying that when you forgive somebody that you've got to walk shoulder to shoulder with them. You may have to cut ties, but cutting ties and forgiving is two different things. We, we've, we've mingled the two things together where people, I, I believe that manipulative people have made us think that if you're gonna love me like Jesus loves me and if you're going to forgive me like Jesus says to forgive me, then you've got to do everything I say to do and you gotta be where I say be. No, 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 listen, you're not my Lord, Jesus is. And I forgive you and I love you, but you are going a different direction from me so I can't go that way. That's fine. Don't hate you. Now they may think you hate them, but it doesn't matter what they think. What matters is what's going on in your heart. Amen? Somebody could do something horrible to you. I'm talking about absolutely demonic horrible to you. You still got to forgive them. But that doesn't mean you got to eat Thanksgiving with them. Come on. I mean, you ain't got to share a cornucopia with them. You just don't want to harbor any hatred towards them, right? I mean, if the Lord tells you to bless them or do something for them, then that's different. 
but the helper on the inside of us. That's what he's there to do. He's there to help us live the way God wants us to live. Here's the sad thing about ignoring the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. The more you ignore, the more you can't hear. It's like every time you ignore the Holy Spirit, there's a, there's a blanket that is put over his voice and it gets more and more muffled and more and more drowned out. Anybody notice that? The opposite is true when you're spending more time in the word and when you're spending more time in prayer and when you spend a lot of time making sure that you're not just hearing the word and you're not just hearing the voice of God, but you're actually obeying what he says. When every time you obey, it's like his voice gets clearer and clearer. Every time you hear the word of God and, and you obey that and then you go, hey, he was right. And I did hear the voice of the Lord. It gets easier and it gets easier. When Jesus said the Father was sending another helper, he was meaning someone exactly like him. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So when you look up this word, uh, it's the Greek word uh, parakletos. That's the actual Greek word. And in the New King James, which is what I preach out of most of the time, it, it actually is translated helper. But in the King James, it's translated comforter. Uh, in the NIV, and I, I use that one, I, uh, I don't really ever read that one, but I, I do go through and look at different translations. But it actually translates it counselor. And then the, in the New English version of the Bible, it translates that word advocate, which is fine. And, and, and I'm gonna work those backwards. So if, if he's our advocate, because that's all biblical things that the Holy Spirit is, if he's our advocate, then that means he reminds us that God is for us and loves us, he's in our corner, backing us up, defending us, fighting for us like a defense attorney. So the Holy Spirit will, will do several things. He's going to be in there to combat against things, uh, uh, voices or, or thoughts in your head that is not how God feels about you or about your position in Christ. He's gonna be there to back you up because the Bible says there's no, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? So if we're in Christ Jesus, then if you begin to get that guilt and shame and condemnation because of the direction that you're in. Now, now conviction is good. The conviction, I believe, comes from the Holy Spirit. And, and there's a lot of times when the Lord can't get our attention when he's, when he's trying to use that still small voice to talk to us to say, hey, I don't think this is good for us. He will be begin to bring conviction. He does that a lot of times through somebody in the pulpit or, 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 or maybe just a, a friend in your life to bring the conviction. But listen, he, does, he never brings condemnation. He never brings guilt. He never brings shame. And so when we're beginning to feel that, we have an advocate. We have a helper, which also can be translated advocate. And he's there to remind us that God is for us, that he loves us, uh, that he's taking up for us, amen, that he's paid for that. And you say, well, you know, if, if you get somebody like that, that that's always getting bailed out by how God feels about them and, and you always tell them that God loves you no matter what. I didn't say that God was proud of every decision we've ever made, but God does love us, amen? You say, I don't know that God loves us no matter what. Well, the Bible says that he so loved the world that he gave Jesus, if he loves the world, the unredeemed world, if he loved people before there was ever even a chance or there was ever a guarantee that anybody would ever receive the sacrifice that his son made, if he loved the world in that state while we were yet dead in our sins and trespasses, how much more does he love the son or daughter of God when they make a mistake? He still loves you. 
He may not be proud of the decisions you're making. He may bring that conviction in your life. But he does not want condemnation and guilt and shame. And, and the Holy Spirit steps in when there's conviction, or when there's condemnation and guilt and shame. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, everything. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you're not supposed to remove yourself from the presence of God when things aren't going right. You're supposed to come boldly before the throne room. I remember there's been times in my life where I knew, uh, you know what, I'm just not in a good place with the Lord. And, and I think the Lord, maybe he just doesn't want to see me right now. Maybe I'm in, in spiritual timeout and I'll just go over here and, and when the Lord begins to, uh, to, 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 uh, to want to see me again, he'll just let me know. No, no, no. That's the enemy trying to separate you from your help. Because the Holy Spirit will step in and say, no, you don't need to take one step away from the presence of God because you're feeling bad about decisions you've made. You need to turn around and you need to come boldly before the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and help in a time of need. That's where you need to go. You don't need to take one step back because every step back away from the presence of God is a step where you can't hear the Holy Spirit and you begin to disobey the Holy Spirit in your life and you begin to obey your thoughts, you begin to obey your feelings. He's your advocate. 1 John 2, 1 says, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, so he says, I'm writing you these things so nobody does. I'm letting you know how you can defeat this, what it, what it is, what it, what it isn't. But if anybody does sin, it says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We don't have to face accusation, condemnation, guilt, and shame, and temptation alone. We have a helper. We have an advocate. Amen? You know, Jesus didn't even face temptation alone. You remember? He was led out into the wilderness to be tempted. Who was he led out by? The Holy Spirit. Well, while he's out there being tempted of Satan, I believe the Holy Spirit was right there, affirming and advocating, affirming and advocating. Amen. Revelation 12, 10 through 11. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So the NIV says, translates that out to being, he's our counselor. It means he teaches us. It means he guides us in how to understand and apply God's word to our everyday life. He gives us wisdom. We don't have to say, I don't know, or be confused in situations. We have the knower on the inside of us, the spirit of truth, and he leads us and guides us in the truth. One of my favorite scriptures says, eyes not seen and ears not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But they have been revealed to us by the Spirit. They have been. You say, what does that mean? Well, what that means is there are things that natural eyes have not seen. And there are things that natural ears have not yet heard. And there are things that have not even been put into your heart or anybody else's heart that God knows about. That he has prepared for those who love him. 
And you say, well, how could we ever know until they're done? Well, that's not where he stops. He goes on to say, but they have been revealed to us by the Spirit. Meaning, the knower, the one who knows everything, lives on the inside of us. The Bible also says that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and he will give it to him liberally and without reproach. So if he's our counselor, then that means that we don't have to go around. Now, it's, it's okay to have people in your life that you trust that you need to bounce things off of. But if you're bouncing things off of 10, 15, 5, 2, 3, mere men and women in your life and you've never gone to the counselor, what are we doing? He might, not, he might ought to be the first stop. Right? But a lot of times we just want people to agree with the idea that we have. And we're not quite sure if the Holy Spirit will agree with the idea that we have or not. So, so we go to somebody that might be like-minded and go, hey, what do you think about this? Right? Because we just want somebody to agree. We don't really want somebody to, to counsel us, really. I've had people come in my office and they've, they've come and they've wanted counseling on things. They know what I'm going to say. And then when I say it, they're mad because I didn't, I didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. And then they start defending their position. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. If you already had a defense made up, why are you coming to me? That's why I love my wife, because if you want to know the answer, she will tell you what she thinks. She's not unless you ask her. But if you ask her, there's been so many times I just wanted her to agree with me, and she didn't. And I'm like, then I'm, I'm, I'm arguing my case. She's like, hey, you asked me. Right? Listen, he's the great counselor. Why would we go to all these natural places first? A lot of times we'll, we'll take the advice of somebody whose life is completely messed up and not even go to the Lord about it. I was... <laughs> Not too long ago, this uh, person was telling me all about what I was doing wrong nutritionally and everything I needed to do right nutritionally. And I'm sucked in. I mean, she, she knows her stuff, I mean, I, I think. And I'm sitting there, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, okay, all right, write me a list, get me a list. I mean, and there's like, you know, give me a list, this is what I need, all right, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm prepared to to spend all this money, to, to, I, want, I, want to be, I want to be right, you know? And I'm like, so you use all this stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, then I don't know if it was the Lord or just my critical nature, but I just started looking at this person. I'm like, well, you don't look very healthy. <laughs> Your skin's all messed up. You're a little bit plump. You kind of seem like stuffy and sick, too kind of walk with a limp. But you know, a lot of times, we'll go take advice about marriage from somebody we work with that's had 10 wives. Yeah, they got a lot of experience doing it wrong. 
Maybe if you're going to get advice from them, say, hey, what did you do? And then just do the opposite. You know, you're trying to get advice on how to get sober from an alcoholic. You're trying to get, you're trying to get spiritual advice from people who don't even go to church. And the worst one is, we'll poll Facebook to see what they think. I'm going to go and tell you, they don't. They just say. There's no thought. There has to be no thought behind social media. It's all feeling put to word. No thought. But he's our counselor. Amen? Um, King James says, it translates that word to comforter. Our greatest and most compassionate encourager in times of need. He is our comforter. Uh, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. It's not a sign of weakness, and it should never be an embarrassing thing to admit that you need help. Amen? Especially when it comes to God. If you can't admit you need help to anyone else, you have got to go to God and say, I need help with this. Whether it's your temper, whether it's your greed, whether it's your pride, whether it's fear, whether it's worry, whether it's anxiety, whether it's condemnation, you always just feel not good enough. There's so many things in our life that we have just, um, we think we're doing a really good job just managing them in our life when God has not expected us to just live with those things. How many of you have just kind of grown old with something that you probably could have just gotten taken care of, but now you're just used to it? Right? Uh, probably several years ago, I, I guess it's probably been a, well, it's 2014, um, so almost 10 years ago. Um, right when we got to Magnolia, um, of course, I had, I had hurt my back some, I thought, in the past. I, I really hadn't hurt it as good as I thought I had, but I really did something major to it uh, right after I got there. And, um, you know, I, I hobbled around for about a year, year and a half, um, you know, just, just doing different things. And then, um, you know, I went to a chiropractor and, and, and he, he helped me out. Um, but, um, you know, sometime in there, um, I completely, uh, you know, later on, I completely cut off my sciatic nerve and my whole, my whole leg went numb, like numb, numb, like foot and all. And it was that way for a while and I went to therapy and, and I got it to where it wasn't quite as numb anymore. And uh, most of the feeling in my leg came back, but just the side of my foot uh, wasn't good. And, um, and so anyway, I was, like in, I was in a, a service and they were praying for people to be healed. And um, I told this story before, but I had been in several services where they were, were praying for people to be healed. And I wouldn't go up to the front, probably out of pride. And I thought, I can get healed on my own. I don't need that preacher or whatever. 
And, 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 and my wife, one of the last times I did that, she goes, um, if you don't go up and get prayed for, the very next time somebody gives an altar call, then um, we're gonna have issues. And so anyway, we're, some months later, we were at a, at a meeting and somebody literally gave the altar call for a specific, I think she went and talked to him, I don't know. I think they had a back, <laughs> back room deal or something, I don't know. But he called the specific thing and I just kind of sat there and I just could feel the laser beams and I like looked over and she was like, go. Cool. So I get up there and I don't know why. I mean, come on guys, you, you're, you're with me, right? And um, so anyway, long story short, laid hands on me and, and I did. There was, there was something that happened. He laid hands on me and he says, he says um, what's something you couldn't do? And I said, well, I said, I couldn't do a, a toe raise on that leg. I can't on this leg, but I can't on that leg. And he goes, we'll do it. And so I did, and I, and I, was, I was almost, I was trying, because I, I literally couldn't lift my heel up. And I was trying, and this is probably over a year of this happening. And um, I was trying, and about the time I was about to give up, I just kind of all of a sudden just felt something break over. And I mean, it's something like a pencil snapped in there. And I regained my motion in my leg, and I, and I felt the, the feeling come back to, my, back to my foot, you know. And of course, I still just had a little bit of, of something there. And and um, I, I didn't really pay much attention because it was so much better than it was before. And so I've just, just been living with something that I guess because the pain wasn't as bad as it was that I was like, hey, this is better than nothing kind of deal. And it just began, began to get normal. Well, I began to realize that as I was going up and down stairs, my legs were really weak and, and all this stuff. And, and I just, I, I thought maybe I'm just out of shape, probably am, but, but I mean, I'm not that you know, out of shape, and, but just real shaky and different things, and I, I just kind of hold my body in different ways. Well, anyway, I hadn't been really to a chiropractor since I've been here, and this is not a service to, to promote chiropractors, but if you need a good one. Um, but anyway, I went to this guy, and he kind of put me on a little bit of a regiment, and um, the first day I was doing it, and it was this deal he want me to do at home, and um, I literally started feeling like in my foot like I never felt before. And I thought, how, I, I just thought this was like, I didn't realize how much feeling I had lost in my foot. And not only that, he began to adjust some things in my neck. I didn't realize how much hearing that I had lost. I thought I was just going deep. And I started hearing, I was like, man, I, I haven't heard like this in a while. My point is, in saying all that, there are things spiritually and physically and emotionally and all this stuff that we have just learned to live with that the Holy Spirit has never and God has never intended for you to live with. But you just get used to it. And you don't realize how much it steers your life. You don't realize how much it affects the relationships that you have. You say things, you do things, you feel certain ways, you're offended. There's all kinds of things, there's all kinds of oddities in your life that they're normal to you because you have never allowed the helper to help you. And this is your way of coping, this is your way of dealing. It hasn't gone away You've just covered it with something. And if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to begin to really deal with that and help you through that, 
you're going to be, start to become a person and you're going to go, man, why did I struggle with that so long? And it can be an addiction. It can be a hurt. It can be a mindset. It can be an anger. It can be all kinds of things. But you've never allowed the Holy Spirit to really help you. You've just coped. And you don't realize how much it's setting you back from being who really God wants you to be. So my altar call this morning is just that you would recognize that and allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you about that and go back and revisit some things, especially things in your life that you know these are, these are kind of some traits in my life that, um, you know, and if you don't know what they are, have the Holy Spirit open your eyes to them. It's not a bad thing to look in the mirror. It's a very good thing. It's a very good thing to look honestly at yourself and go, why do I do that? Why do I shy away in these situations? Why do I get mad about this or that? Why do I allow this to make me do that? These patterns in my life that I know are not healthy. Why? What's causing that? And then go to the Holy Spirit and say, help me. I don't know. I've, this is, I've been coming up with solutions my whole life for this. And this is where it's gotten us. So I yield myself to you, Holy Spirit. I submit myself to you. I submit myself to the word. And I say, help me. And then be bold enough to obey the leading. It may not look like what you've always done, and that's the whole point. Because if it was working the way you were doing it, it would have worked. Amen? Amen. This right here will, this is, this is real life change. And that's what the word of God and the Holy Spirit is, is there for. It's, it's to really change you. It's not to just come here on a Sunday morning and talk about what the Lord's done in our life, but actually talk about what he wants to continue to do in our life. Amen? Stand up on your feet. I want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you would like to help us increase our outreach, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so that we can bring the word of God to friends and family near you. Don't forget you can check out our location, other podcasts and service times on our website at woftx.com. If you're in the East Texas area, we'd love for you to stop by and join in for one of our services. We're glad you chose our podcast. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.